Well, hello there. It's Clive DeCarl, and I'm joined once again by the wonderful funeral director, John O'Looney. And we've spoken several times before, and it's been most enlightening. And um, I'm very keen to know what's been happening. You know, there, there seem to be all these unexplained deaths. Perhaps you can comment. Hi. Uh, first, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, so the death rate is still really... Um, it's, it was high this year until about June. We, even in June, we were seeing winter-level death rates. And then it literally fell off a cliff, and it's been really quiet for about the last six, eight, seven weeks maybe. And it's just started to pick up again, right on cue when they're going to start, I suspect, probably pushing for mask mandates and start rolling out vaccines. I would suggest that once they start vaccinating again, People are going to die very quickly and in great numbers. And they'll call that, of course, the next variant, won't they? Yes, quite. So why do you think the deaths have stopped happening so much? I, I um, kind of think perhaps they're gearing up for another um, pandemic um, kind of uh, uh, event, if you like. And the idea of that is really... There'll be lots of people in hospital that are very ill, very elderly, um, lost in the system. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, they could well start bumping these people off uh, and kind of accumulating them in the care homes and in the hospitals, um, ready for a big swathe of death that they'll label as a pandemic, you know. Um, and we already know historically what, what that is. That's putting people on palliative care and it's jab injury. And it's things like midazolam and morphine. So perhaps they'd eased off a little bit on that, ready for the latest wave of pandemics. You know, these protocols in hospitals seem to change all the while and they're not um, clinically driven. They're driven by government. The government um, decide on protocols. And it's my understanding they're actually using AI software now to dictate these. And that's based on your national insurance number, um, which is very interesting. I've had a number of professionals reach out and tell me that these systems are in place now. So basically when you go into hospital, you're assigned a protocol based on your details, your national insurance and your, and your NHS number. And that is your protocol and they don't deviate from that because that's against government policy. So um, I would suggest that someone who's perhaps on benefits uh, and perhaps has a disability and isn't seen to be contributing to the system, would have a very different protocol to someone who's perhaps running a company turning over five million a year. I think that's a fair assumption. I think that's what we'll see um, come into play as AI generates these protocols for people. So I'm still uh, confused about why the numbers should have dropped. Is it that they're just not putting so many people on Medazolam and Morgan? I think there's only so long they can get away with it, but I think they're gearing up for another another stab at a new pandemic. Uh, and the only way they can do that is to keep people back from death by, by maintaining uh, you know, a level of health and perhaps actually nursing them um, uh, to then say, oh, and here's the pandemic again. Uh, and then you'll find that these people will die and they'll die in great numbers. The moment they start rolling out these COVID jabs, these people will die. I can tell you a large swathe of them, it happened last time. Um, it's undeniable. It's reflected in the ONS data. It runs parallel. The death rate runs parallel with uh, the vaccination rate, especially in January of 2021. You know, here it went to 300 uh, percent, the death rate, uh, uh, an estimate. 
Um, and that was the moment they put needles in arms. But um, And they said that was always oh, the second wave. It wasn't the second wave at all. It was people were dying after being vaccinated. I've spoke to many, many, many people, doctors, nurses. I've got over 100 nurses' details on my phone of nurses that have reached out to me. And they've told me in great detail. Some of them have cried down the phone because they know what's going on inside these hospitals. Um, I've had doctors stand just here filling in cremation paperwork and openly admit to me they're seeing jab recipients die in unprecedented numbers. And then they shuffle their feet and they look at the floor and they say, yes, everyone knows. And by everyone, they mean the doctors know. Um, so you won't be, uh, I suspect you won't see many doctors taking boosters. Well, why, why don't the doctors stand up en masse? Because they're on um, extremely high wages and they're all registered to a mafia called the GMC, aren't they? They're accountable to that. And if they speak out, they'll be sacked and they'll be deregistered. And it takes, uh, you know, if, if uh, the mistake we've made in general practice uh, and in the medical, they all plead poverty, don't they? But they're all on extremely good money once they're fully qualified. They have the lifestyle that goes with that. And I've openly had doctors stand here and admit it. They've got a million pound mortgage. They've got cars and an ex-wife to pay for and, and kids. And same as all of us, we're all slaves to the money lender by design. But it, it's um, an extremely lucrative business being a doctor. Uh, and of course, you have the trappings and the outgoings that uh, um, come with that. Uh, and to be sacked and to be deregistered so that you couldn't practice anywhere else would ruin you. Uh, and these people are not prepared to be ruined for the, the death of strangers. Um, that's the bottom line. That's why the ones that we've seen that have a moral compass have spoken out and they've all been sacked and deregistered and censored and silenced. And the ones that haven't spoken out and have gone along with a narrative are still on a good little number, aren't they? You know, it's and, and that's the reality of it. And um, we've got lots and lots of good people doing very bad things for money. So um, how close are we to a situation where enough doctors were willing to stand up because they can't sack all of them? I think it's all down to free will and, and consent. And I think enough people need to turn their backs on the system and say, no, we're not complying and no, we're not doing it. And it's um, they're going to have to tread very, very carefully when they announce the next lockdown and the next uh, uh, mandate for mask wearing. They'll do it gradually. They'll start doing it in the hospitals. They'll start doing it where they can blackmail people the most. So if you um, have an elderly parent who goes into hospital for a uh, uh, water infection, you're going to find that you can't visit or they won't treat them unless they've perhaps been vaccinated. And this is to protect you and you won't you can't see them unless you wear a mask and you know, the madness will continue and it'll escalate from there. And then it will go into shops, you know, to protect the public, we have to be masked. Um, it's scientifically proven, masks do not help you at all. It's like trying to bail out a, a boat with a sieve. You know, the water, the, a virus, the size of a virus particle is so small, there's no, um, they have still haven't isolated the virus. Show me the virus, nobody can, you know, it's just lunacy. And if you follow this, their science, it leads straight to the money. So I would urge everyone, you know, I think people are coming around now. You know, when I first, when we first spoke um, and I first spoke out probably two and a half, nearly three years ago, it was a very lonely place. I, I spoke from a very lonely place. I was convinced um, by that stage that what I was saying was true. And I made forecasts based on meetings that I'd been uh, privy to in Westminster. And the death rate is 
soaring in the young. The myocardia is soaring in vaccine recipients of a young age. And I've certainly seen deaths um, in numbers of young people, especially that I've never, ever seen in 16 years as a funeral director. So I know that I was right because I was at the meeting when people of the caliber of Dolores Cahill, Dr. Tess Laurie, Dr. Sukrit Bhakti, Dr. Mark Frost, um, Dr. Sam White, um, uh, and even Mike Yeadon was there, the wonderful Dr. Mike Yeadon, the former vice CEO of Pfizer, who turned whistleblower because he, he knew it's a bioweapon. That's what they're putting into people. They relabeled it as a vaccine because they felt it would be more palatable and convince people. And on the back of a media frenzy, which was utter rubbish, um, that's what they've done, haven't they? They've convinced these people. Now these people are maimed and injured and dying and dead. You know, um, many of them, uh, there's a range of um, reasons for their deaths, prim primarily stroke and heart attack from um, uh, very unusual blood clots that we're finding inside these people. Uh, and um, also from turbo cancers, they, they've coined the, the phrase turbo cancer, and it's exclusively because of vaccine recipients. Where, um, to give you an idea, when I was uh, in years gone by, before any of the uh, this agenda 21, because that's what it is, the uh, I would have cancer patients come in to me and their families, I'd get to know them because I kind of take the phone call from the first touching base with them, you know, and I see them all the way through the process and they would have a cancer story and that cancer story would be three, four, five, sometimes 10 years long, Clive where they battled this cancer before succumbing. We've seen people now in their 30s and 40s that have come in, they've died in four, six, eight, 12 weeks. From diagnosis to death, um, this is not natural. And every one of them was vaccinated. I know, because I asked the family. And they were very forthcoming because on the back of the government pressure and the blackmail um, forcing people to get these jabs, which is what they did, they're all complicit. You know, if you tell somebody um, who has a family to keep in a mortgage, they can't work and they can't travel and they're protecting their vulnerable mum. Who wouldn't protect their vulnerable mum? They've coerced and they've lied. So Graham Brady was sat there in September of 2021. I was at the meeting. He was told exactly what would happen. And that's exactly what has happened. And he did nothing. Um, probably because he couldn't. Because as he said at the meeting, it's above his pay grade. Now, Sir Graham is the commissioner of the 1922 committee. There is no one above him, not officially. So who is it then? It's the World Economic Forum uh, and, their, and their associated uh, disgusting cronies that are in bed with them, you know, uh, and that's what's happened. So these people now, um, I suspect many of them will go on to die because they forecast between two and five years post-vaccine. You know, these people, if they they're, their health has plummeted as a result of having this mRNA platform inside them. Um, they're now vulnerable, so they're now frightened to death. They'll probably end up taking more jabs, and they will die. It's a 100% certainty. But what they've done is they've been very clever. They've used the media. They've used um, these poisons to simulate um, natural causes of death, you know, cancers, uh, heart attacks, strokes. You know, who would who was surprised? You know, that when someone dies of a heart attack, it's, it's historically been one of the major killers. You know, I think the c cancer rates in uh, Europe have doubled every 10 years. Nobody is saying a word. You know, no, what can't people see? You know, and meanwhile, we've got these Muppets in government sending our youngest people off to go and fight and die in a muddy field somewhere, uh, conscripting. And now the dragon 
young Ukrainians out of Poland to go and fight. You know, it's it's a cull. That's exactly what it is. That's what a cull is. And it has many facets to it and many faces. And once the veil has been lifted and you're privy to speaking to people that I've spoken to and privy to sitting to the meetings that I've sat in, I see it. I see it clearly. The COVID vaccine was developed as a bioweapon. Mike Yeadon um, uh, openly admits that. He can tell you the science behind it. And, and I would urge people to listen to Dr. Mike Yeadon and what he's got to say. And, and uh, a good pointer to the fact that he's bang on the money is if you put his name into Google, everywhere they just slate him. He's a conspiracy theorist. He's, uh, let me tell you, as a funeral director, everything he's said is coming to pass. So so um, it is what it is. Baby deaths. Baby deaths are really interesting. So there's a guy in um, Australia called Dr. Luke McLinden. He's um, a fertility expert. He's um, He worked at the Mater Hospital for, I think, 12 or 13 years. He was at the top of his game. And he collates the numbers in fertility. He's an expert. He's the head of the department. And he uh, released an alarm that the, the, the regular miscarriage rate in mothers was between 5 and 16%. He said 5 and 14, and that peaked at 16. So let's you know, go with 5 to 16% of mothers miscarry. That's the number. So the new number of miscarriages in vaccinated mothers is 74%. So 74% of the girls that were told they're protecting their child from COVID and had a vaccine have lost their babies. And they now won't get pregnant. They won't get because they've been uh, sterilized. You know, um, so he raised the alarm. And what did they do? Did, did they congratulate him on, on stumbling upon this terrible health adverse event? No, they sacked him straight away. And they put a puppet in his place. You know, so what can't people see? And I've, I've listened to senators in the Australian Parliament openly admit that the birth rate has plummeted 67% in Australia by design. You know, so what can't people see? They're not only, if you're going to do a cull, what do, how do you do that? You you orchestrate wars, and they've done that. You, you sterilize the young, and they've done that. And you kill people off. And they're doing that. The ONS data tells the story. Uh, to give you an idea, I had, um, Dr. David Cartland sent me over the ONS data for May of this year. And in the 24 years and under group, the excess death rate is up 30% in May. 30%? What can't people see? Wow. You know, and, and these same Muppets are... are busy throwing out stories of exploding concrete and anything they can. They're desperately looking for the next distraction. Um, to, to, it's smoke and mirrors. It's all rubbish. You know, when did we, uh, I mean, I'm 55. When, when was there ever exploding concrete and sudden collapse? And I don't doubt they would orchestrate some school somewhere collapsing to support their hysteria. The reality is these people are running for cover now because they know that we're onto them and people like me have spoken out and people are seeing the truth and they're slowly waking up. And I, I would describe it much like this, Clive, where if you get 10 people in the morning that wake up, some of them wake up straight away and they're really annoying because they bring bite as a spark, aren't they? As soon as they get out of bed, morning, you know, and you're like, all right, right. And others like my missus, I can't talk to her for half hour. She has to get up, really wake up slow, have a cup of coffee, 
wander about and then she and this is what we're seeing at the moment where people are waking up but it's taking longer for some than others to come to terms with what a horrific biblical event this is uh, and um you know i feel both horrified but also very privileged to have been a part of it because i, I hopefully have saved a lot of people uh, in fact i know I, my inbox is full of people who have thanked me for raising the alarm because they haven't had the jab and they're perfectly healthy but their husband didn't believe it and died because he had the jab, you know, and it's countless emails that I've had. So these people know, they know what they've done, uh, but they're deeply entrenched now with the same mindset and psyche of a Japanese soldier on one of these remote Pacific islands where they thought they were still at war and they'll carry on to the death. Well, of course they will, because they're deeply entrenched and complicit in this now. And there's only one person that can survive. It's either the forces for good or these evil tyrants in the uh, the twisted dystopian world they have envisions, you know, of of um I've heard different numbers, but five hundred million was one number I've heard they want to get down to. It, which is it's insanity. It's biblical. It's it's blasphemous. They need to be held to account. And and um my my hope is that I can be part of that um and I I'll live to see that happen. Will it happen? I really don't know, but I'm gonna keep trying, Clive. Well, very good. Are, are there any coroners waking up? No, they're, they're all very much awake. They know. When um, when I first spoke to the coroner and raised the alarm about the unnatural blood clots I was seeing, I was told um, that, oh, no, um, I've spoke to the, the pathologist and they have the samples they need. They haven't seen anything untoward and they said you can dispose of it. And these clots grow post-mortem. What a crock of crap. Um, I, I worked for the coroner for seven years on body recovery. So my job was to, I, I so I worked for the car. I did 10 years there. And three years in, I'd um, my manager called me in the office. and said, I've got wonderful news. And I, what's that? And he gave me a mobile phone. And he said, we now um, have the coroner's contract. And I'll never forget looking around. And one of the old funeral directors went, oh, no. Because he knew he'd done it before. And, and one call out a week, out of hours, went to about 12, 15 sometimes. But you get to see different things, uh, uh, people torn apart, the inside and outs of people's murders, hang-ins, road traffic accidents, you name it, I've seen it. So I know what is normal and what isn't normal. And I can tell you, um, I've never seen blood clots like I'm seeing now in people. They're white fibrous clots. They've been well documented. You can, um, you know, if you look at um, people like Richard Hirschman, uh, Brenton Faithful, uh, Laura Kastner, and other funeral directors, they're openly talking about it now. It's all over the internet. And still these people are denying it with the conviction of a Japanese soldier because they know their arse is on the line, Clive. Because if we can see it, I only pick up bodies that the coroner's already looked at. So for him to be found out to be lying and ignoring it, they're complicit. That makes them complicit in murder. And if they'd spoken out, when they first came across this, as they should have done, as they're paid to do, then it could have stopped. It could have saved millions of lives. It could have. Imagine the kids and the babies that have died or been maimed because of their refusal to speak out about what's happened, because they're more bothered about their direct debits than they are the lives of people they've never met. That's the reality. That's the reality. So um, I don't care. They could do to me whatever they like. It won't stop me. And I'm going to keep shouting, I'm going to keep shouting until enough people see it, we can stop them collectively. And I do that for your family and I do it for mine as well, because it's got to stop. 
You know, and these people need to understand if they keep taking these jabs, they will get sick, they will die. Um, and they're not even looking, they're not even interested. And uh, when the doctors, the junior doctors, went on strike recently, yeah, did yeah. less people die or did more people die? Um, there was uh, there was no change in death rate whatsoever. You know, there's an active um, there's an active push now uh, of neglect. And to, uh, to illustrate that perfectly, when I get um, if I get families that come to me who've lost someone in a hospital environment, okay, imagine there are ten families. Prior to COVID, they'd all be upset, but seven out of ten of them would be extremely happy with the care they've received in the hospitals. None of them are now. They're all coming through the uh, door screaming in anger and hate and rage because they see what's happened. They they see. I've, I have people ring me up saying they've just killed my mum in front of me with midazolam. They've just injected her in front of me. I've had a family ring up. They got called at dinner time to say their mum was going to die at 9 p.m. And they should come and say goodbye. How do they know that? How do they know that? They came at 9 p.m., the nurse walked in, and euthanized their mum in front of them with midazolam. That's happening up and down the country, uh, wherever they feel they can get away with it. Some places are better than others. Some places are worse than others. Nurses I've spoken to, the majority of them can't cope with doing that. They know it's wrong, so they've jumped ship and left. And they're all replacing them with nurses from Africa. Agency nurses are flooding into British hospitals now because there's a cultural disassociation and a poverty. And so they will do what they're told to do because they're sending money back home to try and keep their families. You know, and that's what's happening. And I've had dozens and dozens of nurses um, that tell me exactly what's happening. I've laid in the bed in the COVID ward and watched them doing it and listened as they've tried to coerce me into taking remdesivir you know which would kill my kidneys and and they call it a covid death because they wanted a covid death of a very prominent anti-vaxxer because that's what they label me as i'm not a just an undertaker. i mean i officially i didn't exist at first you know reuters <laughs> what a joke they are so reuters reported that i didn't exist so i had a uh, i had um a twitter account at the time and i openly invited reuters and said hi this is me you know, I openly invite you to talk to me. I lost my account within half an hour. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That is the power of these people, this machine. They own banking. They own the media. They own Hollywood. You know, look at what's been going on in Hollywood. The Sound of Freedom. I'd urge everyone to go out and see the Sound of Freedom to see what these people are. They're monsters. And they look at us as livestock. And I would have never believed it. I would have laughed if anyone had told me this three years ago. I would have said, you know, go and put your tin out on your tin for that. Um, but I was there when Sir Brown Brady admitted it's above his pay grade. And he can't. I listened to what they all said at that meeting. And they said jab, jab recipients would die between years two and five. And I watched an article uh, or I read an article in the, in the mirror that said anyone that's had COVID, you could die suddenly in the next two years. You know, they're trying to cover their ass and look for a way out. It's so obvious. It's unbelievable. And I can't believe people can't see it you know and i think that's one of the hardest things is acceptance but once you see the horror you, you know it's either going to make you or break you isn't it you're going to go into cognitive dissonance and think no it can't be true or you're going to stand up and shout about it because kids lives are at stake you know and i'm not prepared to roll over you know i'll leave from the front i'm not frightened of them i'm not frightened of death and they can do to me what they want it, you know if nothing else it put me out of my misery because it's miserable dealing with murder victims who would never see justice.
you know, as an undertaker. I don't want, I want people that have had a full life and I want to see their grandkids and their families and they've left a legacy. I don't want to see people in their 40s and 50s and 30s that have been murdered by the state when the state was warned back in September of 2021 by the very people that worked for Pfizer, like Mike Eden. You know, there was no doubt. You know, people like Dolores Cahill, who told them what was going to happen. She was a woman advising the government in her 20s. She's an expert. She's the person that they all go to. So I know that what I saw, and I looked at the face of Sir Graham, and he's ashen. He, he, you know, he was ashen. And he said, these people are in power. They won't give it up easily. Look at what we've got. Rishi Sunak, we've got a prime minister, unelected with 500 million pounds worth of shares in Moderna. How can people not see that that is a massive conflict of interest and will shape government policy? You know, but which uh, which pretty soon won't matter because they're going to sign over sovereignty to the World Economic Forum anyway. You know, and this is as thousands and thousands of young men of fight and ages shipped into the country and openly housed in military barracks and bases now. And nobody, still nobody can see it. What, at what point will they see what's going on? Uh, I really don't know. I really don't know. But we, um, you know, I'll keep shouting. Yes. I've got no choice. I've got, a, uh, I've got a family to consider. I want a future for my family as well. And there's no future under these people because they're destroying us from within. These people are bought and paid for. And, and Klaus Schwab has openly... Uh, um, gloated about having infiltrated the cabinets of all of our governments. Do you know? So what can't people need to wake up? They need to look at the World Economic Forum, listen to what people like Harari have said, this psychopath who believes that we are hackable animals. Um, and that's what they're busy entrenched in doing, you know? So people will either see it or they won't, or that I suspect many of them sadly will go to their graves still believing they've died because you haven't had yours. Yes, you know, it's, Yeah, it's insane. But that's this is where we are. This is where we are. So, um, but I'm not afraid of them. I'm not afraid of nothing they could say would um, put the veil back over my eyes because I see them for who they are. I know what they are. They're scum. Yes, well quiet. So I suppose there is some good news in that people are waking up to some degree. Uh, but there are now remedies, solutions, to some degree, for people who've been, who've, who've had the vaccination. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's the joy of medicine, isn't it? Is that wherever um, damages or injury are done, there are things that can counter those. Um, obviously, depending on what these poor people have had injected into their body, um, some people will find more success than others with different protocols. And I'm very careful to remember that I'm an undertaker and not a doctor. So I've seen these clots. They're like rubber. I can't imagine um, what there could be that that would possibly um, remove them, you know. And it's very interesting. If you go online and you Google um, shortage of heparin, which is the primary um, drug they use for anticoagulant, which is to remove clots, there's a massive shortage because they can't keep up with demand. And I can tell you, heparin is not going to touch these um, fibrin clots generated by vaccine. It's not going to touch it. So 
I kind of think there must be other solutions out there. And I hope to God that people far clever than me can find them and save as many of these people as possible. But my main concern now is the upcoming media frenzy that's going to insist we all need to be protected again, you know, uh, and perhaps they'll feel a little bit bolder and, and try and mandate. Um, I hope people um, for their sakes and the sakes of their children don't comply and turn their backs on these people. And if we do that in enough numbers, there's nothing they could do because we are their power. We are collectively their power. If everyone said no, what are they going to do? Nothing. There's nothing they could do. And a mandate is something that uh, is a, is agreed by both parties. Oh uh, yeah, it still requires your consent. You know, I don't care. They can mandate all they like. They're never going to vaccinate me willingly. Never, never, because I know what it does. I put these people in coffins. The uh, the the material that I know works best with blood clots, at least normal blood clots, is yeah. the K two. Yeah, there's lots of different protocols. It all depends. I've seen two specific types of clots. One is um, like a traditional red jelly clot, um, but much bigger and much more frequent. I lost a friend of mine, um, a lifelong friend. I've lost six in the last 12 months, uh, all in their early 50s. Um, all died suddenly, um, and all but one of them was vaccinated. Now, uh, one of them in particular, his father knew. You know, they were told they had to have it. Um, and believed it initially, same as most of us did. You know, I did for the first 12 weeks. I believed in COVID, you know, uh, and then I slowly saw through the lie. And um, and he asked me to have a look. In fact, his dad got atrial fibrillation after the first jab. So he knew and he stopped at one. Um, but Darren um, needed it for work, um, had it, uh, and he, he was found dead in the bathroom. And, and the official version was um, he'd had a diabetic episode you know he wasn't diabetic he was he had a 32 inch waist he was in really good nick he had the waist that i wish i still had you know he was in really good condition bless him um and it's an endless story of the same thing you know sudden young deaths you only have to look at the ons data the pattern it's primarily strangely youngsters are dying um in record numbers but look at the life insurance payouts that go it's through the roof record numbers of life insurance payouts all of them have been vaccinated and are the life insurance companies stopping paying out in such i really don't know because i will never ever have a vaccine and obviously i i uh, you only kind of know the payment process as it touches you um i suspect these people know the numbers they know the numbers same as the coroners do they're going to be horrified they're going to have to put their premiums up they're probably going to have to do something because all these policy payments go into hedge funds, as you're aware, and they will be decimating these hedge funds as these people die. So insurance companies traditionally are very good at taking money, aren't they? They're not very good at paying it out. So I suspect at some point um, they'll probably refuse life insurance for people that have been vaccinated uh, and um, they'll tighten the belt so that they'll have to, you know. But let's face it, there is no money. It's all fiat currency. Councils, I suspect, will be collapsing up and down the country soon as we slide into this digital dystopia, you know? So it started with Birmingham already, hasn't it? They've announced that, yeah, Birmingham Council, City Council have announced they're bankrupt. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, so only nothing but essential services now, you know, they're uh, going into administration um, for millions and millions and millions because the burden on them is just impossible.
You know, it, it's it, and I suspect that's probably what we're going to see now as councils up and down the country all slowly admitting uh, that they're bankrupt too and they're bankrupt too and they're bankrupt. We're all bankrupt and, you know, perhaps that's how they're going to slide us, convince us or try and convince the masses to go digital, you know. And I suspect at some point what we'll see is a, an attack on the banking system announced, um, you know, uh, as they talk about schools, concrete exploding randomly, you know, it's, it's and it'll be Putin and China to blame and to protect us all. We need a digital system with a digital ID and that will thwart him and everyone will go, yeah, we're going to beat Putin. And, you know, that's what will happen with many of them. Then that's unfortunately that that I don't want to call them stupid. I think gullible and naive. And for them, the veil hasn't been lifted. They don't see the truth yet, but they will. The veil will be lifted um, because people like me are going to continue to shout right up until they cart me off somewhere. I really don't care. You know, but I know what they're going to do. Um, and, and once we've gone digital, you've got your social credit system there. Then, you know, we saw this with people like Nigel Farage. If they can shut Nigel Farage's bank account, don't think that they can't do me, you or anyone else. You know, that, and that's what's going to happen. And who cares? Who cares if you lose your bank account? No one, because it's not their bank account. They don't care about each other. That's the reality, whereas cash is freedom. You can go and do a transaction. You can go and buy whatever you like if you've got money in your pocket. If you've got a digital card and they say, no, um, we don't think you're good for the image of the bank. We don't like your image. We're closing your account like they did for Farage. What are you going to do? You've had it. You know, how can you operate? How can you pay bills? How can you get a mortgage? You can't. You can't function. Uh, and that's the leverage I suspect they'll probably have over people once that system comes in. Um, it'll be a social credit system like they operate in China. Well, that's clearly what they would like to do. If they do change currency, of course, it might mean that debts like a mortgage, which are owed in the old currency, now become null and void. Yeah, I'm, I'm very interested to see. I mean, they talk about the great reset. I suspect, I mean, I've had friends in the banking industry that tell me the interest rates are due to going to, they're going to go to 15%. So anyone now, I think it's over in about eight and a half, nine percent There's a long way to go yet. And, and this will be a great reset because people can't afford to keep their houses so they're going to lose them and i sat with a couple of good friends a couple of weeks ago and about 10 years ago they bought a big house but went on uh, they dangled the carrot on uh, uh, a cheap mortgage we've had cheap mortgages haven't we for 10 15 years virtually zero percent interest rate so everyone has got in up to there and they're living above their means um and, and what's happened is they've had an interest only mortgage not paid anything actually off the debt and now their fixed rate ends in March of next year and their mortgage is going to go up about 1,200 quid. They're going to lose their house. Now, whether they can sell it um, and, you know, move downsize or move to a crap area or, or whatever you need to do to lessen that mortgage debt, but it's devastated them. It's ruined them. You know, it's going to ruin them. And they've got no way of, of ever making that sure full up. You know, in, in order to pay 1,200 quid on a mortgage, You've got to earn 16, 1700 quid's another wage. You know, it's, it's just not doable. And that's the same story for people up and down the country. And I would urge everyone, you know, to get rid of your debts as soon as you possibly can. And don't get yourself in any more debt. You know, if, you could, if you've got a mortgage and you can pay a, a lump off it, get rid of it. Because these people are going to go to 15%. And the idea is to claw back all the property. Um, because 
fiat currency is going to be worth nothing soon. Absolutely nothing. You know, I think it was 1954. One of the presidents, um, uh, they went to from fiat, from gold backed to fiat currency with the dollar. Uh, um, I, did, I, could, I can't it remember. It was Nixon. Yeah. Um, and that was really the beginning of the end because these, these, it's worthless. It's just paper. It's, there's nothing to it. They can print money all they like. If me and you print money, it's counterfeiting. If they print money, it's quantitative easing. You know, it's just yeah. a, a joke. It's a disgusting, despicable joke. And now people are finding out the consequences of this weed as they lose their houses. They're going to. They're going to lose oh. their houses. They're going to lose their businesses. It's, it's part of the Great Reset. But if enough people are negatively affected, then they become powerful. Yeah, of course. But uh, the danger is that we slide into civil unrest. And once we do that, these people, uh, that's the ticket. They they need civil unrest. Yeah, they want to, that. To come. Yeah, they, they do want that to come in heavy handed. And, you know, that's why we've seen the number of huge prisons spring up, up and down the country. Um, and what they're very crafty with that. So what they do is they build on existing sites and call it modernization. But what they don't tell you is that the capacity of these prisons has gone from like 2,000 to 20,000, you know, on existing sites. HMP Wellenborough, which is now called Five Wells. Um, Glen Parva, another one. There's another big one down in Essex. There are a number of others. I saw a list with about six super prisons on. Very, very strange that in the middle of an economic downturn and a deadly pandemic, these seem to be a priority. Do you know, in the same way as 5G, um, you know, the desperation, you see these these teams putting these masks up everywhere they possibly can. How is that a priority? I'd be quite happy with the internet we've got and focus on sorting the country out and the, econ and the economy and that. But no, it seems to be a priority. And I would suggest that these um, these 5G towers are probably deeply entrenched in the plan. They've got both for surveillance, but also... There's talk of graphene oxide and nanotech in these that would be influenced by frequencies these towers can deliver. So the, the genius of that is that they can actually um, uh, instigate outbreaks in areas that they want to and have the resources already in place to deal with the outbreaks. Um, it sounds far-fetched, but there's a guy called Mark Steele and there's others, XMOD, who talk extensively about what these towers are going to do. Um, that's what's going to happen. That's what's going to happen. And you'll find that these vaccine recipients, as they're very ill and dying, they'll agree to any emergency legislation, including mandating. And I, I suspect at some point we'll see a government minister say, we found a wonderful use for these young men that have been arriving. They're going to be our new health corps to support the NHS. And they'll be in a uniform and they'll be out initially in a humanitarian role and then probably going door to door trying to coerce and intimidate people into having the, the protection, you know. It sounds dystopian and far-fetched uh, and very dystopian because it is dystopian. This is what the plan is. This is why these people are coming. I've had people from the military who uh, have been involved in training them um, openly contact me and say, you are right. You know, I had one guy from British Intelligence call me. He said, that's what's happening. You are right. You know, so so they trained these guys originally in uh, Antalya in Turkey and the east of Ukraine. And then they were shipping these officer ranks to France. They're made to sign the official uh, secrets act. And then they're shipped over um, straight into a five star hotel until there's no more room. 
they're deployed in every city now, a, a large concentrations of them. And now they're openly putting them on military bases. You know, if you're a young man and you're escaping war, you bring your family with you. These are young men going to war and they're going on their own. And this is what's happening. You know, I can tell you. I had um, one particular guy, his sister was involved with one of these um, guys that had come on one of the boats. And he openly said, he said, you don't understand why we're here. We're here to do a job. And it, he said it was for the UN. So whether they'll have blue helmets on, I really don't know. But that's the plan. And and people don't want to see it. Do I, I've never wanted to be more wrong, Clive. But one of the side effects of being... Uh, I, I don't consider myself particularly brave. I just think I've got a burning moral compass that won't let me sit back and say nothing. Um, but the, one of the side effects of doing that is I've had a very lot of um, a lot of very influential people reach out to me because they know I can be trusted, you know. And I, I I wouldn't betray them and I wouldn't name them and I wouldn't ring their boss and say this is what he said. You know, they they furnished me with things that I didn't know. And that's what these guys are for. Make no mistake. That's the plan. Whether they can, um, and, and they'll make a move. When they feel they've got enough numbers, they'll deploy these lads. They will. They will. I can tell you now. They, tra they actually trained them to go door to door. Wow. So, um, you know, I've thought the same thoughts that you have. And I can see that that's clearly the plan. I've uh, had senior army officers approach me and tell me, majors, uh, uh, a Black Watch regiment were the ones that were primarily doing the training initially. Um, and, and um, you know, when I kind of said, well, why? Because soldiers follow orders. They know what's coming. They know what's coming. They've trained these lads. So, so this government will either um, realise that do you know what? Once the money goes pop and there is no money for them, uh, I think perhaps they might think again and realise that our future is also their future. Because once these people have finished um, their usefulness, they'll be dispatched. They'll be loose ends and they'll be witnesses. And these people at this level do not leave loose ends. They don't leave witnesses. You know, they'll be marched off to the same place that me and you get marched off. It will happen. There's a certainty, you know, because... If you think for one moment that you can trust the word and the promise of people that killed ch children and babies, you are very delusional. You are very delusional. How can you trust someone who kills their own people, their own citizens, children and babies? You know, but as Sir Graham said, it's above his pay grade. You know, so I think collectively the, the, the way forward is not to kick off. It's just non-compliance. Don't comply with any of their bullshit when they come out of it. Ignore them. Go about your business as you normally would. And certainly don't go and get any injections because they're going to harm you. They're going to maim, you know, make you at the, at the best a very long-term customer, a big farmer. Well, hopefully the information will trickle out. Hopefully people will realise. Oh, it, it is, Clive. It's coming out already. You know, I, I draw great comfort from the fact that... Um, more and more people are waking up and seeing it. It's probably the only comfort I get out of the whole thing because there's nothing worse than being a lone voice and people all thinking you're mad, but you know you're not. Um, and now things that I've said would happen have happened. The ONS data tells the story. I'm getting families coming in with me. They're angry. They know. They know. And unfortunately, uh, many of them only realize when they've been touched by it. 
you know. So I don't doubt that at some point they'll have to put away um, the carrot and get the stick out. Uh, and it's going to be very interesting to see how the public reacts and, and what I think um, it's all about consciousness and, and knowing the truth. And, and um, you know, the, uh, I've seen many quotes in my time, but it really is a case of the truth will set us free. And if enough of us know the truth, as horrific as it is, we can collectively stand together and say, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. And what are they going to do? Are they going to start dragging women and children off to the final solution camp? You know, it's that I'd like to think that even these young lads that have come over have got a moral compass in there somewhere. Do you know? And, and, and they must understand, do you know what? If they can do it to their own citizens, They'll do it to these young lads and all. You know, they don't care. All we are to them is livestock. We're just an asset to be uh, your birth certificate. From the moment you register your birth, you're an asset. You're bought and sold and traded. And people just don't know that. They think it's conspiracy. It really isn't, you know. Um, you can look it up yourself. Your birth certificate, you are worth money. You're an asset based on your projected earnings for the course of your life, you know. Um, uh, uh, Dr. Sam White was very interesting. He actually looked his one up and found that he was worth many millions, uh, you know, as a doctor. I, I don't suppose mine's worth very much. I don't suppose my future. Oh, it's going to be very extensive, but I don't care. I don't care because my legacy will be truth and honesty. And I know that I've saved people. They can never take that away from me. You know, and how many people live a life and go to their grave and they're never saving anyone? You know, and I have, and, and I'm very proud of that, and I feel humbled that I could do that. I'm not afraid they can come and get me tomorrow. I'm not I'm not frightened of them, you know, because I know what they're doing. Yes, I, I, I wouldn't use the words, they can come and get me tomorrow. I'm um, really not frightened of them, though, Kyle. No, uh, Clive. That, that's not the point. <clears throat> By putting it out into the universe that you don't mind if they take you away, that's the wrong message. Yes, yeah, uh, of course. Because we, we, yeah, we want to stay free and so on. <clears throat> I'm personally confident that people will wake up. It's clear, you know. I mean, oh, they are waking up. I yeah, they're waking up. I don't believe their ultimate plan is going to be successful. No, no, but it isn't. And uh, their days are numbered. Their days are numbered. I can tell you now, because as people wake up, there are going to be so many of them, and they're going to be so angry, they'll have no choice but to back off. And whether that will mean that they'll have to put things on pause for 20 years or perhaps be a little bit more cautious and focus on poisoning food or water, or I really don't know. But um, I see through them. The veil is lifted for me. And I'll tell as many people as I can because I value their families equally as I do my own. Yeah. So well done for all the work you do. I'd like to sort of leave this on a, uh, an optimistic note that I think everything happens for a reason. Yes. And yes, we're sort of going downhill at the moment, but at some point enough people will come to terms with the fact they have to actually do something. Yeah, of course. And um so let's leave this on a on a positive note. I, I can tell you now they don't prevail. They won't prevail. It's gonna come at great cost, but their days are numbered. Uh, and I think it says in the scripture, um, their days are like a flower in the field. Very soon the wind of change will blow over them and their place will know them no more. I can tell you it will happen. So, so um, yeah, I'm very positive for the future because I know the future is in light, not darkness. Well, fantastic, John. And uh, I'll look forward to speaking to you next time and hopefully things will be much better. I'm sure they will. It's, um, time will tell, my friend. God bless and, and thank you for listening. <laughs>